everybody. Welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 415, being recorded on August 31st, 2016. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Malventano. And it's a week of hardware news. And it's a week. It's a week. It's a week. Uh, uh, yeah. I, it's not it's supposed to the weekend. Right, right. It's a long weekend here in the U.S. Is it a long weekend for you, Jeremy? Coming up? Oh, hell yeah. Is it really? Yep. What do you guys celebrate? Fishing again. See if I can beat my 25-pound link card this weekend. So you celebrate the same thing, but you just put a U in it? You got it. Is it labor? And we have more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm actually going to visit a friend in Virginia Beach. Well, no, I take that back. I'm going to Chesapeake, flying into Norfolk, going to Chesapeake, and apparently Virginia Beach is 30 minutes away. Norfolk? Yeah, Virginia Nerf- Beach is thirty Nerf- minutes. Yeah, it's about thirty minutes from Chesapeake. Say hi to Little Creek for me. That's where I was. That's where I was when I started working for you. Gotcha. I probably will not go there. <laughs> it, you're, you don't have a choice. It's like right there. It's like if you're driving around Virginia Beach, you're going to pass Little Creek. Little Creek is it a neighborhood? A it's, street? It's an is amphibious it a, space. It's an amphibious space. Yeah, it's along the like the bay there. Long wet. The, don't you mean ambidextrous? <laughs> uh, yeah, it uses both hands. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I get it. That's why they say Allen there. Okay, uh, so let's uh, get into. I don't. I don't have anything. I don't have anything. I told my funny story before the show started. So uh, you got to get here before. How, how do the Bengals look this year? Uh, I don't know, honestly. Um, I haven't paid attention to any of the preseason. I know Tyler Eifert is hurt still. Like four weeks, he's going to be out or something. But mm-hmm. I, it could be worse. I could be a Vikings fan, I guess. So this is true. But they yeah. got a nice new stadium. They did. <laughs> they got. They got a nice. New quarterback, another new quarterback to break it in. Uh, I honestly don't know what the Bengals are, are going to do. I, I haven't paid attention to anything. Um, I watched most of two of the preseason games, uh, and then there's one this the one there's one tomorrow. All the preseason games end tomorrow, right? I think that's the case. Don't look at me. I'm going to be gone, so I gave my tickets to somebody. Um, Wiggle your cord. I don't know. What's that? Wiggle your cord. You did Wiggle it again. Yeah. Yep. Wiggle well, your cord. Now, now, now? No. Nope. Nope. This okay, is mute me for a second. Um, there you go. Wiggle it harder. <laughs> Put it in the hole. Blow it. Just like those Pop Nintendo it. cartridges. Uh, All right, how about now? There you go. All right. This time for sure. Um, so we do record the show on Wednesdays. It is a Wednesday night as we record this. That makes sense. 10 p.m. Eastern or so. 7 p.m. Pacific or so uh, at pcpro.com slash live. If you want a gentle reminder about when we record these things so you can see the witty banter that occurs before or after, uh, you can go to pcpro.com slash subscribe. You get this little uh, form here. Ask for your name and your email address. We basically just send out notifications um, uh, at apparently at 28 emails per second is, is the frequency with which we can submit emails. Um, which seems minor, I think. It seems like a low amount. I've requested a, an expanse. I think we requested one million emails per second, and we'll see if they grant that. Mm. We, you had to put your pinky up to so your, your face as you did <laughs> no. it. That's a billion. No, he did start with a million, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, one so million dollars, yes. We send out emails for that. So sign up for that if you're interested. And also, uh, we do have our Patreon campaign up and running uh, at patreon.com slash per. You should go there and see this wonderful uh, widescreen, ultra-wide photo of some of the team in action. And by in action, I mean 
Alan's smiling big and rolling up his cuffs. Josh is gazing um, oh, lustfully in. I'm going to say Alan's direction so that it's no, not mine. No, look at no, you he's got, cheating you got on the Alan. He's going for Sebastian no, I mean, and Ken. Sebastian is rejecting my advances. <laughs> we were we were we were just spooning a few hours before that. So Josh and I. Yeah, Sebastian seems cool and calm. Like, yeah, why yeah. am I here with these idiots? Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that going on. Uh, this is your way to. Uh, if you feel we are worthy, directly contribute to us. Whether that that's a recurring monthly contribution, it could be a dollar, three dollars, five dollars, a hundred dollars. It doesn't really matter. Anything in that mix is greatly appreciated, uh, and uh, will lead us to do bigger, better things uh, in in the future. And don't don't request us to fire Josh because some people actually like Josh, uh, and that's the only and others reason would take around. far too much pleasure into that. This is true. It's true. There's a lot of that there. So patreon.com slash PCPur. If you uh, increase your patron amount, your contribution, or become a new patron uh, during the show, I will read out your name and thank you profusely on the uh, on the podcast. So <laughs> Or profanely. Profusely. One of those two things. So let's get into the content for the week. Uh, first up is the Asus GeForce GTX 1060 Turbo. This is a video card. Uh, that looks like that, the one on the left specifically. Is that so a GTX 480, low cost blower style. It is a low cost blower style cooler. I mean, you can tell like so. The one on the right is the Founders Edition, which is also a blower style, but yeah, looks nicer. Yep. for a blower style. This is as basic as you can get a GTX 1060 card from anybody. Um, and we saw this with the 1070s, I think, in the 1080s. Like MSI had one that was kind of had a very similar like. This, this is an all plastic shroud. Uh, around here, it is. You can kind of see like the Asus logo is separate piece of plastic that's not perfectly uh, aligned with everything else. It is illuminated. <laughs> they just stick it on there. Uh, oh. No, it's it's illuminated, so it's a separate, okay. you know, clear thing. Uh, these these kind of stripes on the image there are are just silver stripes on black plastic. Um, now, all that being said, there's no back plate. Uh, it's uh, yeah, but if full you don't cover, but if you don't look at your GPU, who cares? Right. That's that's what I, that's what I yeah. If you if you have a case without a window, yeah, who gives a crap? You just need the thing to go fast. The only thing right? you might be concerned about is what the noise levels might be. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that's style. something that's something to be concerned about. The the output is the same in terms of three display. What is it? no? They went with two display port. Asus does the. Two DisplayPort, two HDMI, and a DVI. Yeah. But if you have, on the flip side, if you have a case with no windows or any of that, and, you know, probably doesn't have that many openings on it yep. anyway. So even if it was loud, yep, it, you probably can't hear it. Yeah, it would be it would be tough. Yeah. Um, the also in terms of specifications, it's bone stock as well. Uh, you get you know, it is essentially a GTX 1060 reference. Um, at a lower price in the Founders Edition, but at all the standard specifications, right? It's a six gig card, uh, 1280 GPU uh, CUDA cores, 1506 megahertz base clock, 1708 boost clock, I think is what it is. You know, six gigs of memory running at eight gigabits. All the stuff uh, you kind of expect to see out of a GTX 1060 card. I will say that, um, you know, we're not going to go through performance because guess what? It performs like out of the box. Like a, a 1060? GTX 1060. Oh, okay. Right. Um, but what we did see was we wanted to measure basically the clock speed and overclocking capability of this GPU with this cooler, right? So maybe this cooler is not as good or, or is, acts funny. Um, you can see here that the uh, in this graph, the blue, blue line is your clock speed. The orange line is the temperature. Temperature 
out-of-the-box stock kind of settles in at about 79 degrees Celsius, which is where we saw other GTX 1060s settle. Yep. And clock speed is just over 1,800 megahertz, maybe like in the 1820, 1830. I'm sorry, 1815, according to my own uh, uh, text here, after gaming for 10 full minutes, right? So the GPU is, is well warmed up uh, by that point. Um, now, in terms of overclocking, surprisingly well with this with this card uh, a plus 240 megahertz offset uh while bumping the power target up to its maximum 16 percent uh as well gives us a um let's see what did it actually take the boost up the the typical base clock goes from 1506 to 1747 so it's a pretty healthy bump yeah and in reality uh, the clock speeds were over two gigahertz. Now temperatures went up a couple of degrees, you know, 80, 81 degrees Celsius, and the fan speed goes up a little bit to to make up for it. Uh, but you can see the differences here. The average clock speed over ten plus minute run in Unigen Heaven stock is eighteen hundred fifteen megahertz, whereas with the offset, two thousand eighty three megahertz. So a a significant increase in performance is going to be seen here, and that's again not taking a look at, at memory. Uh, in particular power consumption no issues it's a little bit on the um i think we made a comment before that the gtx 1060 reference card the founder's edition was a little bit more evenly distributing power between the pci express slot and the six pin connector than we had seen in the past it didn't break spec at stock conditions at all and this asus card continues to not break spec uh in its stock conditions it's closer than other cards that we've seen from nvidia's kind of mid-range lineup in the past but it doesn't exceed 60 watts through the PCI Express, and it doesn't exceed 5.5 amps through the PCI Express. Now, when you overclock it, it definitely exceeds those marks. You're at about 72 watts and about 6 amps of power draw through there. So it does go out of spec. When, That's a big jump. Yeah, yeah. It goes up, what's it, from 5 point, just under 5.5 amps. Um, in our worst-case power consumption scenario, mm-hmm. Metro Last Light at 4K, up to 6 amps. Oh, 10%. Yeah, overclocked. Which, you yeah. know, the power draw is going up probably uh, about that much. The power okay. target is going up 15 to 16%. Um, so you'd say half of the overage is coming from the slot, half the overage is coming from the 6-pin. You know, I guess that, that all kind of makes sense. Um, like I said, performance is exactly where you expect it to be. Noise levels, it is... A loudish card. Yep, it's about on par with the RX four eighty reference design. Um, uh, we're going so, okay. We're still good here. Uh, <laughs> the uh, what else happened? The pricing. Oh, this is the important part, right? Um, this is supposed to have the MSRP of two hundred forty nine dollars, right? So uh, that means. That is where the GTX 1060 is supposed to be. Not that it always is. And in mm. fact, as of publication, this was still $20 more expensive. Um, but it's closer. It's, and it's definitely better than, uh, what's the Founders Edition? 329 339 Can't remember what that actually, actually priced at now. But nobody should buy the Founders Edition. Well, at least there's one card that showed up at the price it was supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean uh, I'm going to let you guys answer the question of, do, do you would you rather buy a card like this and save fifty bucks or something to that effect? It's fifty dollars, by the way. It's two ninety nine for the founder's edition of the ten sixty. Yeah. Um, or do you kind of want something fancier, a little bit better, cooler, a little bit more unique? I'm gonna I'm gonna mute my microphone while I change out my cable here, and uh, you guys discuss that. Okay. Go for it. 
I don't know. I mean, I'm okay with, uh, you know, bargain basement style card that doesn't look pretty. Doesn't really, you know, doesn't bother me. I wish they looked a little bit better at that price, but I mean, okay. You know, I don't, I don't care how it looks. I, I just want it to perform well and be quiet. So I'd, I'd be willing to pay a little bit extra 20 bucks more for a, you know, something else that's uh, unique and not a founder's edition that's a little overpriced at two ninety nine. Ninety-nine. Thank you. Yeah, Jeremy? It doesn't really matter how ugly it is. It, if that blower is better, if you can prove to me that, hey, your temps are going to be a little bit lower, our life is going to be a bit longer, it makes sense to throw a tiny bit more money into it. Throwing 80 bucks into it, no, I don't think so. Especially that, 80 bucks at the low end of the market, yeah. right? But. For that sort of premium, no problem. I oh, I'd be hard pressed not to go with 480 at that price point. Yeah, it's 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 still up in the air on that too. So yeah, uh, that's the GTX 1060. I will give them credit; they call it a 1060 Turbo <laughs> instead of the 1060 <laughs> stock. Nice. Yeah, they didn't, I, I guess that's not as sexy. No, go figure. But it, it is kind of ironic that they call the GTX like the GTX 1060 Turbo, which probably. It's like that you know, turbo button seven on those years old. Ago, uh, yeah, seven years ago, the the name turbo being added to any video carver meant it was the highest brand, highest mm. end one that that brand was making, or something to that effect. So, uh, not not so much uh, the case anymore. So that's that's that. Um, up next, Intel SSD DC P three P thirty five twenty. Yeah, DC stands for data center. Yes, this is an enterprise drive. So it's a different animal than what we're used to kind of discussing uh, in some in some ways. But it's a cheap enterprise drive, isn't it? It is. Uh, well, yeah. relatively inexpensive. Yeah. yeah. For what it is, oh, yeah. For, oh, what yeah. It, for what it is, especially. So uh, what is it? It is the, the big deal there. All right, so uh, we tested the two-terabyte model, um, but this comes in the same capacities as the regular 3500 series did. So, I mean, it was like a year or two now ago. You had a 3500, 3600, 3700. It was like three different performance tiers. You know, 3500 was meant more for like uh, more read intensive operations. And then as you moved up towards the 3700, you had more and more over provisioning and more and more ability to handle a bunch of random writes. Okay. Um, So this is on the left side of that scale. You know, it's like meant more for high speed reads of stuff. Okay. Like caching kind of things and stuff like that. Um, you know, not something you would want to hammer all day with random rights. Um, and this is also uh, first enterprise part we're seeing out of Intel that's using their uh, IMFT uh, 3D NAND, okay, which was announced last year. What what product on the consumer side uses 3D NAND? Well, there was a bunch of those announcements. Which oh, but, I think so this, are, is this the first 3D NAND product release from Intel? Out of Intel, yeah, I think okay. so. And they, so they they actually led with their enterprise part, but then. Uh, and I'm not sure if we have it in the notes, but like I wrote up another post for uh, you know a bunch of consumer parts okay. using 3D okay. that came out as well, like just like less than a week later, right? right? Um, so they're definitely in volume production, you know, full force of this 3D NAND. If Intel is going as far as like almost updating almost every single product that they right. ship with this with this uh, new NAND, so right? Like uh, comparing to the the P3700, they, it looks the same. The layout's the same. It's literally a flash change and probably controller firmware update type 
thing uh, from basically this? yeah just yeah. different firmware the controller hardware itself might have been revised slightly over the past year plus uh but nothing that's going to be uh you know super performance modifying really um and as a matter of fact since this is a 3500 it's actually dialed back on performance right it's not meant to go so you know it's newer than the 3700 it's a, you it's a lower the series performance to be yeah. lower yeah it's a lower series and it's not you know it's not meant to be like as fire breathing of an ssd you know as the 3700 right um also it's the first generation of intel's 3d nand and intel and micron were going more for like at least initially more for capacity over speed right not to say that this flash is horribly slow it's just they didn't go for like a speed boost at the same time as they were going for really high capacity per die so would would right? you say that samsung and it would would be more towards the performance side with their initial ones but now that they're they've added layers they've kind of taken it in the mid the, the middle of of higher performance but they're also improving upon density uh samsung's initial like their 32 layer vnand was definitely a performance improvement over their planar. Like if you took an 840 Evo, which was the, the 2D stuff, versus an 850 Evo, which was the 3D stuff, at the same capacity for both drives, the 850 just walks all over the 840 um, performance-wise. Whereas these Intel parts, like that flash, what I've seen so far, it's not a speed improvement at the same time. It's like on par with their older planar stuff. Um so it's rather a pedestrian. Uh, kind of, but wh- what they're getting out of it more is the cost, right? Right. Because they're able to make an enterprise part with an 18-channel controller. I mean, there's other parts on this device that cost a decent amount of money to Intel. Like, that controller is no slouch. It's an 18-channel SSD controller. It's sure. like, you know, it's kind of beefy for that part. So, um, And they're able to do this for, like... In the case of the two terabyte model, it's less than fifty cents a gig for an enterprise SSD. What makes is, it enterprise? Like what? What is if like what? What performance characteristic? It is able to handle things like four K random writes to the entire drive continuously. Okay. Okay. So it's whereas consumer firmware would be more oriented for more sequential workloads and maybe uh, random to a, a small slice of it. Okay. Right. Uh, that's how a seven fifty. Okay. You know, that's how 750, which is based on this, is optimized versus this guy, you know, even though it's drive writes per day since it's only a 3500 series is not that high. It's not, you know, meant to handle 4K random all day long Mm -hmm. necessarily, but it can handle like bursts of it across the whole span of all the flash. Roger. Um, We uh, introduced something new with this review. Uh, Finally, like the fruits of the labor of all of the latency percentile stuff page. Yeah. Is on the QOS page. Um, having all of that information that we've had for the past several reviews that we've done is all good and fine. But the thing that I initially wanted all of this stuff for was to be able to present quality of service in a high resolution manner. And that is the last couple of charts um, on the page, you're actually sitting right at the Intel specs okay. for QoS, yep. I believe, right? And so, so now that's a specification that Intel puts out with its enterprise drives to yes. try to inform uh, buyers about where these drives do good or, or what what. So what what these numbers are for is people like working in IT infrastructure in like 
say they work at a company that provides a service of, you know, a service involving some form of high performance IO, right? Mm -hmm. Database servers, whatever, backend servers for web, any of those things, right? right? They're going to have service contracts that are going to have, you know, in them like, okay, no IOs or, you know, less than this many percent of our IOs should take longer than X amount of time, right? And that's in their whole system, right? So then within their system design, they're going to have to spec their SSD to do something like, say, that that bottom performance spec. Like we want uh, 99.99%, which is also called four nines for abbreviation because they these specs tend you to mean have it's, like... it doesn't roll off the tongue to say 99.99% no, no, no. each time? So, only if you're Josh. So, so yeah, only if you're Josh. <laughs> yeah. Josh. Um, so, you know, you'll have uh, people implementing these SSDs and systems that will require like a certain amount of uh, a certain maximum latency at 99% or something like four nines or five nines. Like okay. they'll say, okay, we can't have, you know, 99% of our IO, IOs all have to be faster than X. Okay. Right. Um, and the spec varies in the amount of nines in it, like all the way up to like five nines or sure. I've even seen six nines in one or two places, but that's like way overkill. Um, cause you're re- you're really talking about like, you know, tens of thousandths of percents. Mm-hmm you know, of the IO. So basically it's none of them is left over at that point. Right. Right. Um, so it's like a little bit of voodoo magic with Excel to make it do this chart because it doesn't like doing an asymptotic, like exponential buildup logarithm thing, which is what is actually on the left axis there. So what it's doing is, so, it, so it's a logarithmic scale. It's the opposite of a logarithmic yeah. scale. Nice. Uh, because it's going the other it's way. It's zooming in. It's every, zooming in. Yeah. As you go up the scale. Yeah. It's yeah. basically like, you know, like the, the first increment there is just 90%, right? Then the next one is the top 10% of that, which is 99. But then it's the top 10% of that again, 99.9, right? Yep. And the reason we plot it like that is so that we can easily mark off with X's, like where the manufacturer spec is. Everything would they would all be the They would all be mushed up at the top. Yeah, you wouldn't even be able yeah. to read it. Yep. Um, and we're able to just put X's right there according to where Intel spec is, and we can see that the blue line, that first line there, is to the left of those two X's. That's good. That's where Makes it's supposed it to be. faster than the spec. Faster than the spec, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so is the uh, the brown line, second to the last line, is faster than that spec there. Um, and funny story, for the uh, for the random reads, which is the next chart down, yerp. Uh, bang on. There, are, there are some specs there. They're bang on. Uh the the draft spec we looked at for this SSD, they were not bang on. And I presented this data to Intel, and they actually tweaked their spec based on our testing. Okay. How's that for? So like, if anyone buys it and it's slower than you think it is, blame Al. <laughs> well, I mean, I tested it. And yeah, I mean, like, well, hold on. Like, I guess that's good, but... It is good. Shouldn't they... They actually... Have known what their product did? It was It was down to what seemed like just... It was a draft version of the spec. What does that mean? You just make it up? Yep. You know, they're they're subject to change. And we were an entity that affected that change in this case. But no, but they, that's not how it should work. Uh, I know. Okay. All but, right. you know, hey. Hey, without this testing, this might have never even been caught and fixed. And people might have potentially bought this SSD with a certain spec, and it would have been worse than yeah, the spec. correct. So, hey, you know. There we go. Good thing we're doing this testing now, right? Um, but it is funny that this has come full circle because, like, I came up with the whole latency percentile thing in the first place because of me being unsatisfied with how people were trying to calculate 
the various number of nines. I was like, there has to be a more accurate way to do this. Right. Because people would, people would crunch it through a whole bunch of math and just get just the latency number. Right? Just the number for that's in that chart, like from Intel, right? Like they crunch a whole bunch of numbers and then they come up with just that number. In other words, you're saying you weren't getting the sweep of data. No, I wanted the whole sweep. And now we have that finally. And okay. we can see, you know, nice, smooth curves for like where all the, you know, how all the QoS lays out. And those are not mm. those are not smooth lines in Excel. That's not filling in any data. Like there's actually so many data points that those lines appear to How be smooth. How many data points? Mm. Uh, on that chart? Yeah. There's 400 across the bottom. Like there's 400 points as you go from left to right on that chart. That's why it looks smooth because there's that much data there. I want 900. Uh, I can make 900, but it goes, you know, the, the way we engineer the technology, you can have as many as you want up to the amount of RAM in the system. 12,000. You could. Excel would, you know, crap yeah, itself. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I basically drew the line at 100 data points for every decade, every time you multiply gotcha. latency by 10, mm-hmm. right? Because any more accurate than that, and it's just diminishing return, like it doesn't get you anything else at this point. It's smooth enough, yep. basically, right? Okay. Anyway, so end result, good performing enterprise SSD, not... You know, super fast enterprise SSD like the other models are, but two terabytes and 50 cents a gig for an enterprise. So part. you and I had this discussion slash argument about it when it came to this. That's really cheap for what is probably a really fast drive. Why, as a consumer, would I not be interested in buying this drive? Okay. Uh, that's an also important. Uh, well, yeah, it is. Uh, if, oh, your system, if your system could boot from NVMe, there's a possibility that some motherboards might not like the... Um, uh, like the monitoring stuff that's built into the firmware mm. on the enterprise parts. Sometimes they interfere with booting. But by now, I think everybody's BIOS is probably fixed so that you could boot off of so this biased. one. So biased. So I mean, you could boot off of it. But So have you have you, you ever have... tested these on an AMD machine? Uh, no. Oh, wait. Why not? Ken, did you try to boot the 750 on a... Oh. Well, you tested it on a AMD system that had... Ha- Oh, Ken tested on a system and it had half the bandwidth, right? Like it was only running PCIe 2. 2.0. 2.0. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Um, so it limited the drive. And yeah, it's, it, still, but it, it's still 20 gigabit per second. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's just, yeah. It's just it's 1.2 gigabytes. It's just that it does no. bottleneck it like elsewhere. Like you, you know, bottleneck it? What? Bottleneck the performance. I'm, I'm bottlenecked. <laughs> bottlenecked. Yeah, that means you're drinking with no clothes on. And I'm naked. Bottlenecked. Um, so, but what, Josh, what's, Josh, what's the question? About yeah, no, AMD? it it did work on AMD systems no, it, it, because uh, some people are. I've heard complain that NVMe does not uh, work on some of that, and and you're limiting your bandwidth due to the PCIe. You, I mean, you're definitely limiting you, your performance yeah. on on AMD PCIe two systems, but you're also uh, like it's it's not supported. It's more about does the BIOS support it. Yeah, and that's what was funny about the AMD system and is there's that there's not like, a whole lot of BIOS updates for AMD platforms. We were present. we were surprised that it worked on the AMD system Correct. that we tested it on Correct. because there is specifically not support, but it did work. Well, so it was like, wow. It's not that there's but, specifically not support. It's just like, ah, eh. like they didn't specifically you know, lock it out. But no, yeah. but there's you know there's we didn't there's, see this coming two years ago. Exactly, or um, nine years, nor nine years ago when they made the yeah. Last but we've got out. other you know yeah. products that actually have M.2 you know full by four. Yeah, connections there as well. So I mean, obviously there's there's got to be some well, or what? Uh, 5.4 2.0. That just because yeah. just because they added M.2 uh, 
uh, does doesn't not mean, mean doesn't mean they did NVMe. It could be PCIe, uh, not NVMe. Yeah, the first round of M.2 yeah. parts were AHCI if they were using PCI. Um, like even the SM941, I think, was an AHCI. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it was still M.2, it was still PCIe by four. I mean, the um, first NVMe driver we got was the Intel 750. And NVMe. Yeah. Yes, but that was not M.2. No, no, no. Oh, well, that's true. Well, okay. Yeah, we got the P37 first. But yeah, the anyway. first consumer drive was a PCIe So to, to get back to... Card. To get back to don't Sorry. buy this if you're a consumer. Okay, sure. Okay. Uh, the firmware on a drive like this is designed to be in a data center, not just for performance, but for what happens when things go a little bit flaky with the drive. In other words... So if, then it calls a, a sysadmin at 150 bucks an hour, and you have to pay for it. It just no automatically what. does it. No, yeah. but the idea is that it makes the amount of time taken to troubleshoot faster because these drives, if something is weird to the point where like data might be corrupted, you know, as it goes past or something like that, it, these firmwares for all of the inter- Intel Enterprise parts operate on the assumption that you already have redundancy elsewhere. So. It, they just brick themselves. Like if something is flaky with the drive, the firmware goes into what's called an assert mode and it just mm. ceases to function. It just, the drive just stops working because if you're trying to troubleshoot something in a data center, you don't want an intermittent fault somewhere in a whole array of SSDs, oh. right? You just want the thing to go bad. Um, and that's what and these, does. and that's what these firmwares do. Like they are specifically engineered to do that. I've had an Intel data center, like S series, like a SATA one, SATA drive. Uh, I've had one of those just assert on me during testing. Like whoa, it, whoa, 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 easy. It's just, just, you know. Oh, no, it's very it's assertive Alan, about it. Alan, it just goes away. The drive is inconsequential. Dead now. Huh? I'm stopping now. You're not worth it. it. Basically, yeah. It turned out it was a firmware bug and it wasn't production firmware. But anyway. Um, I detected a bug. That's it. I have to go back out and kill myself. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. And the label, and of the, the label of the drive even turns into some, it has the word like assert somewhere in the name even mm. so like if you were you know doing monitoring from your data center you would yeah. actually see that pop up in like the when device is somebody going to do some e-ink type stuff on the actual <laughs> drive itself where something bad happens and it writes to the e-ink on the cover and you can just look at it yeah, it's like, i don't know yeah this thing sucks you know that's the next million dollar idea you should patent that but just one million <sighs> so would anyhow. you oh, yeah, would on. you, we're talking would you say here. you know what i'm not going to take that one million i'm sorry yeah. I don't know, maybe. So if you're yeah. using a 750 no. series SSD, which no, again, based on the same hardware and the same controller and the same everything else, that firmware is not going to do those sorts of things okay. if it sees something a little bit wrong. But how likely doesn't is that? It doesn't feel guilty if it lets you down. I've, I told you, I've had a drive assert. Yeah, but I mean, that sounds like... Nah. Just back up your data anyways. Right. You're supposed to be backing up your data anyway. Uh, yes, you should be. But, uh, you know, enterprise drives will give you much less of a chance... To get that stuff back. In the case of the SATA drive that asserted on me, um, <laughs> can we just say it's dirty? It didn't, yeah. it didn't it assert sounds, itself it on me. Dirty. It, it asserted it all over me. Why yeah, I was it all it over your data. itself. <laughs> I, I didn't realize <laughs> Alan was into uh, you know sadomasochism, but you know, however you want to handle your data. Hey, if you're into data management, you're into SNM. So when these drives go into the state, data recovery places might not even yet have the capability of okay, yeah, putting the stuff back together. That's fine. So, right. you know, just definitely consider that. So yeah. a good drive for its use case, not for me to play Doom on. I mean, I mean, I it, still would. Believe it or not, probably great as a Steam drive because you can redownload all that crap anyway. Who cares if it goes away? Just the instant right? death mod is a so, little bit more serious. Yeah, but how so about, how about, how about RAID zero? Do I want to put two of these in RAID 0? 
Yes. Yes, no, you do. We're moving on to the next story. Only if you have a backup. That's it. Oh, oh, I have a couple of uh, 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 Patreon updates here for everybody. Um, uh, how much is the single largest monthly Patreon contribution, is the name of the person, uh, edited their pledge to $60? Wow. Uh, the single, and I did a check real fast, <laughs> the single largest is 100 Oh, actually. Really? Uh, and that person awesome. has, has paid three months. That's even better. Your mom oh, is so cheers. nice. Thanks. She's a very sweet lady. She's a very sweet lady. Uh, so thank you very much for editing your pledge of 60. Don't feel obligated to go up above 100. That's, that's a little bit crazy. Uh, 101. I'm not going to you you can't. Yeah, I, I'm saying nothing you can't. And then Cyclops edited their pledge to 52.97, uh, which apparently is 99 cents more than what he had previously. <laughs> And I think that's – I found his pattern uh, already. So thank you very much, Cyclops. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, real quick, we want to mention uh, Sebastian's review of the Huawei Mate 8. The Huawei. The Huawei. Huawei Mate 8. Wow. Does every company need to have their name in all caps, you think? I don't oh, know. Oh, oh Global sorry. Foundries. Sorry. I'm at the Huawei. Right. Yeah. The Huawei Mate 8 smartphone review. <laughs> Mate. Uh, into the Kirin 950. So this is uh, – it's a film we've had for a little while. Uh, I finally figured out that I wasn't going to have time to do anything with this, so I sent it to Sebastian to do a review. And it is – so Huawei is a Chinese phone manufacturer that is probably the fastest growing phone manufacturer. They also own the Honor, uh, the Honor brand of phones. Um, it is a large device. sounding chips. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. It's a good restaurant. Uh, this is a so the high silicon Kirin nine fifty, and I believe that's a Huawei brand too, right? High silicon. I think that's all made yes. by Huawei. Uh, it, As opposed to low silicon, I mean, like, well, there's not a lot of silicon in the silicon. Man, you got to pick a name, right? I guess H I silicon, not H I G A. Does H I stand for something? Does it stand for some kind of process? Karate was already taken. No, it doesn't. It's just like the brand for their SOC. I used to wear that cologne, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you for getting that, Josh. Yeah. Hi, karate. Uh, so this is a, an eight-core processor, four ARM Cortex-A72s uh, up to 2.3 gigahertz and four A53s at up to 1.8 gigahertz, three gigs of memory, uh, 32 gigs of storage. There is a four gig of RAM, 64 gig storage option available. Isn't it so nice that we're finally above one gig of RAM on cell phones? And uh, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like mm. for several mm. years. Yeah. yeah. Well, it See, two was lots like two years ago when I bought yeah, my that's, that's, phone. Yeah, that's not. That's there, not there's incorrect. a certain mobile operating system that runs fine with lower amounts of RAM because no, it's no, not Java. it doesn't load. It doesn't run fine. Yeah, it does. Sure it does. runs with huge restrictions. What well, do you mean huge yeah. restrictions? Like reloading a web browser. Yeah, that is every very, time you come back to the is, web browser. That is very annoying. Yes. It's really frustrating. It's, it's, it reloads it's, the page every time you come I back. love my iPhone 6S. It is by far the thing that annoys me the most, having gone from Android over to iOS, is like, I could open up, you know... On your what, iPad what would, also. On like, you try to go on a flight. Sidetracked you know. here. What I would do on my Android device <laughs> is I would, if, like, I was getting ready to get on a plane, I would open up, like, six or seven articles in the browser uh-huh. and leave them there for me to read later. Yep. You can't do that on an iPhone. Maybe one of them will still be there. Maybe two, if you're lucky... But if you've left Safari or Chrome for, I don't know, 98 seconds. Some arbitrary t- right, time period. It's just yeah. they all go away. And that's, that's you not know, really fine. They say fine. Safari Sigurdi. 
Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, so more memory would be beneficial. And by the way, memory is freaking cheap. There's no reason it's why. It's cheap, but it's expensive from a power consumption standpoint. You have to be careful. Mm. It takes power to power RAM. The more RAM you have, the more sure. power it yeah. takes. I'd like to you see know. where that is in the ratio of things that use power. Yeah. Because right. four think, gigs is not a whole lot. That's like two chips, maybe. Yeah, but I think a couple of years ago. DDR3 at this I point? I think they're DDR3L. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I think a couple of years ago it was significant enough to where you didn't want to just throw a whole bunch of RAM in a device. I, 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 you don't want 16 gigs. Sure. I do. But you don't want 16 gigs. <laughs> you really, really don't need Probably that. Good old 32 core, 16 gig smartphone. This, eh? Why not just put everything in? This phone only memory. has this phone only has eight gig of flash for everything, but it has 16 gig of RAM. Yeah. <laughs> Next up, we teach Ryan how to put a SIM card into his laptop. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, let's see. The GPU on this SOC and on this phone is the Mali T880. Uh, the MP4, which I think is the quad core version of that, is that right, Josh? Yes. It is a giant phone. It's a six-inch screen, 1080p, uh, IPS, uh, Gorilla Glass 4. It's just, it, in terms of specifications, it's it's impressive. 802.11ac. It's got all the it's gonna, bands. It's going to perform well in pretty much any application, especially in 3D stuff. Yep. Especially the the the, the 4x uh, Mali 880. It is a 4,000 milliamp hour battery, which you know you need, uh, especially with all that RAM, right? Uh, Android 6.0 as uh, as reviewed, and it's $489 unlocked. That's not a bad price. Right. So again... Ridiculous at all? It seems like the, the screens are probably the most expensive parts other than maybe the SoC. Look at how... I mean, if you look at the phone, and this is a picture without the screen on, like, look how small the bezel is on the side of that. Right? Like, it is... That screen is taking up about as much space yeah. as you can. Even the top and bottom are very thin. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's got a fingerprint reader on the back. Um, Sebastian came away pretty impressed with the phone overall. He does have a, a very good pixels. macro shot of the Mate 8 IPS Ooh. Neo panel. Look at that. So much IPS Neo. So much green. I wonder Where's if he's doing. I wonder if he's doing the flip the lens around. Is the blue to, to the, the really? Th- okay, it's like well, the really obviously they took the red pill green. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So you know you can see here in the uh, uh, the the diagram it's it's you know oversaturated over uh, uh, what is the lots of green is that Adobe RGB the the reference frame the reference triangle inside there I think or it so. looks like it uh, good camera good audio um, again go read this review in terms of benchmarks it is the fastest Android phone. Um, especially when you look at multi-core performance and it's under five hundred bucks yeah. Yeah, it's it's impressive. It's it's a really impressive phone. Um, man, Except for that GPU, though. Huh? Except for that GPU, though. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Whatever. I don't play 3D the Mali games. 8, yeah, I don't play phone. a lot of 3D games on my phone either. But it, yeah, apparently here, the, the Mali T880, Josh, is not ah, it's crap. up well. Against, you know, you're looking at the Galaxy S7 Edge. With the Snapdragon 820. Yeah, I mean, it's got about the same performance as the Snapdragon 808, which is a very old part at this Hmm. point. Well, damn. Yeah. Uh, Battery life is one of those interesting interesting things. Uh, Looks like we just had one of these simple results because our battery life test uh, is is changing uh, moving forward. A good overall phone. Um, The Android market is getting crowded with, like, these types of 300 to 500 unlocked cell phones 
And I tell you what, it's making it it's going to make it very difficult for me to justify $800 for the iPhone 7 or whatever it is, yeah. right? Now, if, keeping in mind that the 6S was my first iPhone that I've had in a very, very long time, yep. since like the 3G, essentially. Um, are, are, you, are you paying for that phone monthly or did you buy it outright? I don't, I don't know. That, I paid for it outright. I paid for it outright. The thing that will help you get over that $800 is that iPhones hold resale values. They're the, yeah. only, they're the only phones that hold resale value. Yeah, yeah that's true. Because they're they're not a commodity. They're like more of a protected thing. Sure, but they're w- but which you, is stupid in its own right. You, and you could yeah, you could argue that it's artificially protected by idiots like yeah. us who buy every single phone that comes mm-hmm. out, right? Yeah. Um. So you know, I, I'll be curious to see what the iPhone Seven is, and then like I said, this is the Mate Eight review. We have the Honor. What the hell is the name of that? The Honor Eight. I don't know um, that we that I went to the event for. Yep, I brought back. We're going to do a review of that phone as well. So uh, interesting times in the world of Android smartphones. But this is on the edge of phablet, I would say. Everybody loves phablets. I'm just kidding. Um, and another quick mention: Mori posted a review of the Asus Strix X99 motherboard. Uh, I don't know if you guys knew that the Strix brand has now been associated with every component, almost every component that Asus builds. It looks like just a normal motherboard, except Strix. Except Strix. Uh, there's also <laughs> a lot of LEDs everywhere on this. You can see here that it's got uh, LEDs up here by the um, output connections. You've uh, down here by the chipsets, and then the um, what do you call those? The PCI Express retention clips? Yeah, they I guess. light up. Yep. They're like this clear acrylic, kind of almost like a light ice blue acrylic, uh, just to reflect the lights on yeah, the aura like lighting backlit. control. Asus is doing a really cool thing where like now their software will let you um, match it'll do, it'll the do motherboards mice, with motherboard. the video cards, yeah. the, the keyboard, the mouse, your headsets, anything that they build that has... RGB lighting you can now sync across and do different things too. It was interesting when we were at QuakeCon and we were having lunch with JJ. Yeah. He was talking about people don't understand how complicated it is to get all these different components to, to source LEDs that have similar color spectrum so that like the blue mm-hmm. matches the blue yeah. of your, you know, graphics card to your motherboard and somehow, you know, you get a different well, lot anyone of LEDs. who ran out of paint halfway through a paint job knows exactly what <laughs> they need. Basically, yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and didn't like blue LEDs win a Nobel Prize for somebody? Probably. Yep. I don't know what that is. That a thing? Yeah. I don't know. It's because it was hard light. to. It's very get hard them to, to do. work. Yeah. Blue LEDs, I think, should die. Personally. Well, they're too bright. But yeah, they're, they should die. They the, should, they should the, die. When Cincinnati Bell upgraded the uh, the DVR, oh, they put blue LEDs for like where the clock is. That clock. I used to use the clock on the DVR all the time. Uh-huh. Now I can't read it. It's too bright. It's too bright. Oh, you and then I always, I always tell the story of across from the Chick-fil-A. What's the name of that place, Ken? Uh, I don't know. There's like an eyeglass optometrist office yeah. whose sign is bl- bright, blue oh, bright blue LED lit sign. They're trying to and burn I, your, burn your retinas, so you need to come there. <laughs> and it's like, oh, maybe I need to And that's why they're making oh. you go into their office yeah. because like, yeah, I can't yeah. even read your sign, man. Well, you need to be checked. <laughs> And actually, $75. When you go through Oak Brook on, on the way back to our neighborhood, uh, the Oak Brook Swim Club sign has now changed to a 
black or a, a blue backlit sign as well, which I can no longer. I know what it says because I've lived here for a hundred years, but I can no longer Lovely. read it. <laughs> I don't understand how. I don't know. Anyway, anyway, uh, but yeah, the temp- the color temperature of different yes. RGB LEDs. So when you get is different. when you set all your L- <laughs> RGB LEDs, just don't set them blue. I guess is what I'm saying. Well, the problem our, they were talking about was like if you try right to make now. them all white, like they would all look different shades of white. Kind of purple. I don't know what it is, but I don't have. You don't oh. have what? I don't have the same. Well, uh, maybe Rank the blue bit. up, Ken. The, uh, so, on blue Christmas lights, those are diffused a little bit, is yeah, what's helping maybe. it. Uh, like blue Christmas lights that people put up in their trees and stuff. Yeah. My eyes can't focus on them. <laughs> right? And I did research on it, and it affects like 35% of the, of pop, of the population. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Where like blue is. The, the wavelength of blue is so far out. Like, it is. And it's so wide. Mm-hmm. There's a wide range of blues that it's like it's a lot of people can't see, can't like, it's not that you can't see it, but you can't like focus on it or you can't. Your perception is too narrow. I, yeah, I guess. You, you can't see the big blue picture. It, it, it's, it affects so much in my life. I've, maybe I should be on disability for this. For uh, from genetic who? disorder. I'm gonna, from the, which from the government's going to pay you. Yeah, I think. I think the federal government owes me disability. I, I think survival of the fittest. I think you, you should probably just be gone. <laughs> Darwinism like, just needs to kick in. Yeah. Or, or I need to go around and smash every blue light that I find and assert my dominance. <laughs> They'll blind you as you're trying to <laughs> smash them out. <laughs> but you have no depth perception with them, so you'll yeah. always miss. That's yep. true. Yeah. You're, that's true. Fortunately for the blue LEDs. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so some of the key features of this. I mean, so... Asus, they make a lot of motherboards, guys. This is uh, X99, so we're looking at, what would this be? So now, so now they're going to add Strix to all of the various letter yep. abbreviations for all of their I boards. Do have, I do have a little bit of a concern with that, because when Strix brand first came out, it was about quiet. It was about like sound levels. Like the motherboard f- is that motherboard quiet. makes zero noise. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's true, I guess. <laughs> so does their mice. Yeah. The mice don't make any noise. Yeah. Their headset, though. Ah, uh, that's true. It has speakers that's, right that's in That's supposed to make noise. Um, it's very soft. It is. It's like child headphones. <laughs> Can't turn it up. Uh, so, you know, the layout of the boards is, 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 is going to look very familiar. It's got a lot of the same features that you've seen on other boards. Um, Mori did like the board. It's a little bit on the expensive side. Uh, it does have those RGB. You can see the RGB strip across here. As you would expect... It has RGB headers on the motherboard as oh, well, okay. so you can connect your RGB strips. No, that's not part of the motherboard. Right. That's just... Yeah, you know. so you can hook up an RGB strip that will be a different color temperature than all of your matched yeah, strips. That's true. That's true. Yeah. They don't really have but you know what? At least it won't that. cause your case to go on fire when you do the cold cathode oh, that are poorly, poorly manufactured. That's also true. <laughs> Thank God we got feature, away from that. That a bug. A uh, lot of SATA ports on this. It's got a U.2 port integrated right on the board. Cool. Uh, which is nice. Um, for that one SSD that uses it. They're just like, are we up to two or three now? Nope. You can put no. a micro drive in there. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, enterprise drive. Good. Okay. Yeah. That's X99. You can put Xeon in there. Sure. Uh, so Mori likes this board a lot, uh, although it does have apparently challenging overclocking dial-in if you want to read up on that. Uh, but it has. But hey, same- that's sweet, sweet CMOS battery replacement. Oh, yeah. yeah. Down at the bottom it's, of the board. It's in the strength. M.2 yeah. port placement, RGB LEDs, Integrated Intel Gigi networking. Uh, it's got the same kind of classic and well-known Asus UEF, UEFI BIOS, uh, but it is expensive 
Eh, I guess for X99, X99 board, it's not way out there. It's like 340, 330. Yeah, it's okay. It's high. I mean, it's kind of mid-range for it, X99. It, yeah, but, yeah. I mean, it's but like for X99. It's kind of it, it's like yeah. an X99 gaming board, though. So it's like you know, because it's meant for. I mean, it's obviously meant for gamers. Nobody's cool and quiet like, computer. I don't know if Jeremy wants his server X99 boards to like be RGB lit in the data center. Uh, you know, if we could use oh, the RGBs please. to indicate the status of the system somehow, that's true. It's like red flashing yeah, red. Yeah, like, if they're you know. off. Then it's broken. <laughs> well, besides, if they did that, they yeah. take the lighting away from the server room. They'd say, "Oh no, you can see well enough from the RGB lighting. You don't need a halo." Well, you know, you could just you just walk into the server room, turn the lights off, and if you see flashing red coming from a motherboard somewhere, you know, it's like, "Hey, that one, oh. that one's bad." I can do that with my sasses, anyways. Oh. Yeah, that's they're, true. they're not very quiet when they're I like upset the, I like or the, the UPSs. Yeah. I like the blue LED discussion going on in the chat right now oh, great. as well. Where's that There's guy? science in there. Where, where's blue that? light affects rhodopsin, which lets you see light. Not seeing a particular color of light well or as intended is called metamerism. I don't know. I, I don't feel like it's color blindness thing because I can see need, all the oh, shades is. of do it. Do you need rhodopsin? It's just like, it's like if I look at a red Christmas light, I can focus on the light. Sure. When I look at some of the blue ones, the LED ones specifically, uh, it's like I have a permanent uh, stigmatism, right? Like, like you just see halos around it. You can't focus on it as well. I don't know. Ask anyway, adopter for adoption is right for you. <laughs> uh, that's the Asus Strix X99 gaming it, motherboard. It, it used Check to out be that review. It used to be a little known fact when you were uh, dialing in or calibrating a rear projection TV. To like intentionally like defocus the blue, defocus. Yeah, like yes. a, a little. Like even Jer- Jeremy, remember this? Like, yep. you you would either have it. There was some trick to the blue where you treated it differently than the other colors. If you had a fancy enough one where you could actually do that, well, yeah. I, mean, I think yeah. most that also people, sucked because you yeah. could either defocus everything, in which case, okay, now it's just not good. Or so, the blues would actually back off a it, bit. It was hardest to fo- it was hardest to lock in the blue channel, okay. basically. The, because don't most people like if you have uh, an electronic device in your bedroom, if it has a blue LED, oh, that's I'm generally accepted that. to be the worst. I'm putting tape thing, right over right? that thing. Yeah, yeah, right. And so yeah. that that is the root cause of whatever I have a, the problem. I have is, a right? scrap piece of of a small scrap piece of window tint rolled up in my garage, and whenever I have something that has a blue LED, my, I can give you a piece for your clock. In your in your uh, living room, right, right. They just cut out a section, and I just peel the back off, and I just what stare. Color it's it called become? a gel. And what? It's just it's window tint. It just becomes darker. Uh, yeah, okay. I told Ryan. I yeah. just trying to convince Ryan to buy a piece of polarizer at some point for oh, that thing. Yeah, but tint will just reduce it by yeah. x amount. It's, yep. it's and like, I know it affects Kelly too because my she yeah. can't when she hates she usually once a month or so she says I hate that stupid clock. Yeah, right it'll now, it'll just it'll just dim it for you basically. Yeah. Well, you can also teach your children, or your your kid, additive color theory by getting different colored gels and showing her what the colors changes to when you put it over top. She's gonna hide blue. blue she'll never see blue lights. <laughs> she will, she, what's what is this color? What is, like in school, what is, blue? Like, what is this color, child? Um, the police will never catch white. me because I can't see them coming. <laughs> Actually, did you know that blue, there wasn't a name for blue for a long time? As like we have written history of societies, like. Really, there aren't a lot of blue like natural things. things. Yeah, there's only a couple yeah. of blue pigments in or, nature. From, you know, like yeah, seventy percent of the earth's you, you, surface. Because people can't see them. You you yeah. could try you this if you raise a kid and don't tell them that the sky is blue, and then you ask them what what color the sky is. Once they have a grasp of all the colors, they don't say blue. What do they say? They say oh, it doesn't really have a color. They say fuck you, Dad. What did you do? To me? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you ever teach me that? You suck. <laughs> 
Sky doesn't really have a color. What, what color is that? Sky. It's like a aqua. Think about Sky. it. Kind of a robin's egg. It. All right, so. Patreon updates before we get to our next uh, next updates. Uh, here's one from Suck It. Please don't tell my wife. Uh, just edited their pledge to one hundred and one dollars. Wow! So there mighty, you go. That's Over mighty assertive the line. of them. Over the line. Uh, Michael Deporter edited their pledge to fifty two dollars. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and uh, not Ryan's mom. <laughs> uh, pledged. Oh, thanking Alan for rapid spar help. Uh, oh, I know who that is. Okay, pledged one hundred nine ninety nine. Awesome. One hundred nine ninety nine. That's exactly. That's probably that's probably a new one. No, it is a new. It is Thank a new you. pledge. Yeah. From not Ryan's mom. <laughs> <laughs> We'll take it. Thank you very much, I, guys. That's I awesome. Know, I know who that is, and thank you for uh, contributing. I was glad to help. Kicks ass. All right. Uh, this will be a quick one. Hey, Intel 7th generation core processors. Uh-huh. That's it. Hey. Cabby Lake. That's it? Just like, that's it. It's Cabby Lake. Okay, done. So here's, here's, a, here's yeah, the scoop on Cabby Lake. Uh, Thunder Bay. I... I don't. That sounds like a code name. Most too. of the I time, don't... they they label like they make a name off of something that exists somewhere. And sure. It'll be somewhere bizarre. Cabby Lake. Yep. It's by freaking Thunder Bay. Okay. So they're going to have it's a product bizarre. named Thunder Bay is next. Is that what you're saying? Can't wait for that one. I, I thought they I'm already had it because that would just be wrong. You have Thunderbolt. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't know. So Cabby Lake, guys. This is we've known this was coming for a while. This is the end of the TikTok era and into the TikTok. Optimize is what Intel calls it. Yeah, the TikTok talk. Optimize. Mm-hmm. No, no, TikTok talk sounds derogatory. TikTok optimize sounds like they're still doing something. Derogatory? Okay. Uh, maybe not derogatory. <laughs> um, so, the, so there's two reasons, right? So one, this is not as interesting as it should be, but also it's not nothing, right? True. So Cabby Lake is still a 14 nanometer process uh, built processor. Um, using essentially the identical microarchitecture that Skylake has. So the processor IPC is identical. Um, the graphics, the GPU itself IPC is going to be the same. The only changes to performance are going to be seen in one, clock speed changes. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, the media engine on uh, the graphics side has changed. So it now supports uh, 4K video uh, decode and fixed function hardware, like oh, up to 10-bit HEVC and, and can, stuff like that. So the, the 4K video input is now way more efficient. Um, uh, I can sc- scrub down here to, a, to the example graph. Like uh, for 4K video playback, local file, a 10-bit 4K file, uh, the 6-gen uh, processor Skylake used about 10 watts to play it back. At about 50% CPU utilization, while the 7th Gen Cabby Lake can do that in a half a watt at 4% utilization. So obviously mm-hmm. that's going to be a huge difference in terms of power efficiency and how long you can watch 4K video on your on your notebook if that's something you're, yeah, you yeah well. you want to do. Um, uh, but the, all that is is changes here inside uh, the actual kind of media decode option, uh, and there is there are a couple of instances where the media decode. I'm trying to. Zoom back out. It's not going to let me. Great. Um, <laughs> the It will actually use fixed function, and then we'll use fixed function plus execution units plus the GPU itself to uh, improve throughput on some things. I think that would be in the uh, – when it does HDR. 
when it does HDR, it's using fixed function and using some of the GPU functionality uh, to get it done in the in the most efficient way possible. So um, there we go. The other changes are really on clock speed. If you look at this spec, they're basically showing a 12% improvement in performance going from Skylake to Cabby Lake in uh, Sysmark and then 19% in WebExpert. And um, if you look at these slides, you can kind of see how they get that done, right? The Core i7-6500U, which is a very common processor in thin and light machines, notebooks, uh, going up to the Core i7-7500U, which is, again, the same spec'd uh, 15 watt part. Uh, the the rated boost clock is actually 400 megahertz higher on Cabby Lake than on Skylake, and um, that's kind of like the general rule is anywhere from 300 to 400 megahertz of additional clock speed at the top end, not at your tip, you know, your your base clock necessarily, right. but at your top boost clock, and that's going to improve um, experiences where responsiveness is important, touch screens, uh, scrolling in browsers. Um, Things that benefit that benefited from uh, Intel SpeedShift technology, which is something we tested uh, in an article uh, a ways back, right? So if you see the uh, bottom line, there is um, Skylake before SpeedShift was enabled. The yep. green line in the middle is the same Skylake process, processor with SpeedShift enabled, and then the yellow line up top is the new Cabby Lake. So not only does it get to its top speed quicker, that top speed is higher. So what is that scale on the bottom? Microseconds? Um, on the from left to right milliseconds. Oh, milliseconds! Wow. Yeah. So basically, it would take it takes a you know now it takes 15 milliseconds for the processor to get from its idle state to its maximum frequency. Yep. Uh, you know, whereas you know with uh, Skylake it was 30ish milliseconds yep. or something like that. Right? Stuff like that also plays into how fast your how snappy your storage feels. Oh, really? Like whenever because I test SSDs, it's got to handle the IOs. Yeah. Yeah. Like because of that uh, poor looking curve, mm-hmm. I have to disable power states. Sure. In, in any time because of- your processors are probably at the bottom level or worse. Right. For the ones we're using. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. just keep them in their top frequency all the time. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, and so, I mean, that's kind of all there is to Cabby Lake, guys, is it's going to be higher peak clocks at the same wattages, same same thermal limits, uh, and then 4K media encode and decode uh, accelerations are enabled. Um, you know what's really good about all this? Was that? 14 nanometer is finally a mature process. That's right. They call it 14 nanometer plus. Yeah. Mature at 14. Finally. Because it's better than it was. <laughs> I you know and I don't I, I saw some stories around Cabby Lake that were like uh it's not going to be any better than Skylake and it's clearly not going to be the case right if you run a sustained X two six four encode um, on your laptop it's probably going to perform the same or almost the same because sure. the benefit is not in sustained performance yeah. it's going to be in and with the, what the peak can get to and how quickly how it can quickly get, can get, get to there. it. In other words, you're just casually doing whatever on your laptop. You know, like right? literally touching your screen and scrolling is is the example we use to demonstrate the advantages of speed shift on, speed shift off. Yeah. Because uh, it needs to go from an idle. Like you're just looking at a page. It, your the laptop processor is, dies. Yeah, right now your laptop's doing 400 nothing. megahertz. And yeah. as soon as I touch it and move, how quickly does everything respond? Yep. Right. Yep. 
Uh, and it's, you know, it's less apparent on a, on a page like this than it would be, say, on a, a Google Earth page or something like that, where you had a lot of imagery that has to move sure. uh, around. So, uh, Kevy Lake is coming to mobile parts starting, mobile systems rather, starting uh, September. So, you'll see uh, Lenovo updates, Asus updates, Acer updates, uh, Dell updates. Accordingly, they're saying uh, over 100 designs by Q4. Um, and then enthusiast enterprise parts using that iteration of Kaby Lake mm-hmm. will be in Q1 of next year. So CES, I assume. Does this also launch. do that kind of on the flip side, that technology where it actually goes like lower as far as the clock? Like it goes even deeper, like as far as slow. What was that other? It was in the M series, I thought. Where like the power states actually went lower than oh, what would, um, used to be the I base. So... I'm sure the M series and this will do that. Okay. Right, because the architecture is fundamentally the about yeah. lower S zero states. Yeah. Essentially, um, I'm sure all that is identical. If they because okay. if they didn't bring it up, then anything changed. It is worth noting, I guess, since you brought up the core M series, because I forgot about it. They have the they've they've announced six parts: an okay. i7, an i5, and an i3. Yep. At 15 watts, and then for the four and a half watts, they announced an M3, which is the low end, and then now they're just calling them i5 and i7. <laughs> For the four and a half As watt if that's part not series. confusing enough. So it's a Core right. i7, 7Y75. <laughs> so the Y is what you're I5. The Y is, yeah, because it's Y series and that's uses. adding further confusion because, okay, so most people associate I mean, an i7 in a mobile platform with a high high performance part. That is but, not. But they screwed that up two generations I know, ago. I know. Because the Core i7, if you look at the. They're screwing it up more, is my point. Like, like, look at the difference between the Core i7, the Core i5, and this table, right? They're both two core, four yeah. threads. The difference yeah. is two hundred megahertz. Clock, yeah, two hundred megahertz base clock, four hundred megahertz on the which on is the frequency. ridiculous that's in my it. opinion. Like that's they shouldn't be doing that. I, yeah, I I don't disagree. You know, I there was a time not that long ago where Core i seven was quad core, yep. hyper threaded only. Yep. Core i five yep. was quad core, and Core i three was dual core only. Yep. Right. So I remember the Hue and Cry one. Then went from engineering names or engineering nomenclature for chips to oh we're gonna pick a brand name so that people can understand it it's less confusing yeah, yeah. and then they made well it more now we've gone the other way to the point where now the engineers and the public are confused as hell as to what it is they're buying yeah can we just pick one or the other no please <laughs> all right no all right. you may not just for that i'm putting blue leds behind me next week all right right okay. here pay attention now since you're gonna have the podcast tomorrow let's take a break and thank today's podcast sponsor Hey, everybody. Time to take a quick break and thank today's podcast sponsor and make you really think about the idea of Internet security. This episode of the PC Perspective podcast is sponsored by Kaspersky. Uh, Kaspersky Lab protects people from the real threat of cybercrime. Uh, It happens every day. Ask Delta. I don't think that was cybercrime, but I'm just saying you're you're never sure right kaspersky lab internet security software has participated in more independent tests won more awards and placed first that's important first more times than any other internet security company 400 million users around the globe are using kaspersky lab total security uh to protect their browsing their shopping their socializing any of the stuff that they really do online and that's that's important you want to make sure you're covering all of your bases here uh they provide a special offer of 50 percent off of the premium software the kaspersky total security package 50 percent off it gives you online protection when you're on your pc or your phone or even your tablet protect your banking your browsing your shopping and your socializing 
which I guess is something other people do when they have when they have free time. I don't I don't really know, but protects you from these dangerous online threats. Go to Kaspersky.com. That's K-A-S-P-E-R-S-K-Y.com. Use the code PCPER at checkout, all one word, P-C-P-E-R at checkout to get 50% off of Kaspersky Total Security. And we thank Kaspersky for their support of PC Perspective. Back to you. And we're back. That was a riveting advertising sponsorship insertion. Good job, Alan. <laughs> it was like a hot ad insertion right there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. No, I don't. It's describe a little blue, isn't well, it? Well, <laughs> allow me to assert myself on you, Josh. We <laughs> asserted that mm-hmm. ad all over everybody. You know mm-hmm. what else you can assert all over the place? Uh-oh. PCI, PCI Express, Express. 4.0. 4.0 uh, and it's still going to just be 75 watts not 300 yeah yeah so there was a rumor i guess that came out is that right jeremy that like it would provide 300 watts of power through the slot i remember this was like while i was in that the three internet weeks. echo chamber rises again okay yeah. i was I in like that three weeks of travel in august i've never seen the headlining going i saw that myself I so. and i, I got that gonna not excuse? gonna melt well no 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 i saw it i saw it and in my in my mind, like immediately gave it the benefit of a doubt, and I'm like, okay, well, the first thing I went to was let me find a pinout. Yeah, and anything and, oh, I look, it's the same. Yeah, and anything I found that was remote relation to a pinout for like it just the reason that you can't find pinouts very easily for that is that they didn't change the pinout. It's the same pins basically, yeah. so they didn't add like ten more power pins so, or something. But the PCIe 4.0 people uh, dictated to motherboard manufacturers that they had to use instead of two. Grams of copper per board, uh, eight grams. <laughs> yeah. Eight grams. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that might do Your it. Your PCIe traces copper. are now going to be a centimeter and a half wide. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and liquid cooled PCIe slots are now a thing. Uh, that that you know, Asus thermal just, armor will be required. Yeah. The thermal armor. No, I think somebody the, the metal we bracket around it. We use plastics in our uh, motherboards. Yeah. Oh. You know that metal reinforcement bracket around PCIe slots? Now it's a heat spreader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, it is literally yeah. heat spreader now. So what's the truth then? Seventy five uh, watts still. Huh? Three hundred was just—it's actually part of the, the spec. Total. Like three hundred is a total mm-hmm. for a card that uses what is it? The just the card itself and then what, the six pin and two twenty five from the six pin. So it's just someone yeah. reading and not comprehending what they're reading essentially. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, that's where it started, I guess, and then everybody else just like jumped. I mean, on the it idea is great, though, right? Oh, sure. Like cableless power, like if it could get it all from the slot, that makes sense. It would be nice. Um, what about wireless power? Yeah, but I don't want well, my voltage droop to be physical as the card droops yeah. because the sockets melts melting. a little. The, now yeah, there that's is true. there is a practical way to do that, believe it or not. But you would need power supplies that gave you higher than twelve volts on a rail. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, you'd have lower current if you had higher voltage. So if you did like a forty-eight volt, like something in your system, let's do it. You know, but. 48 volts just happens to be, like, high enough to where it might cause heart issues if you mm. short it to your... Yeah, but you know what? If I walk twice as fast, the trip only lasts half as long. Ah, uh, yeah. Unless you drop dead halfway there. <laughs> it lasts way longer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Depends on what kind of trip it is. So that's that's our PCIe news. Uh, this yeah. is So IFA is going on, and PAX starts this weekend. Yep. Didn't um, we see that thing? Yes, we saw this two CESs in a row. No. Did no, we just, see it? Just the last one. Just, just the last right. one. But I thought just we saw year. it. No. Nope. No, I saw it at. Oh, you might have saw it at something else. I saw MWC it at Barcelona or something in February. The second time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I know I had seen it in two different instances. So this is the Lenovo Yoga Book, and it's an. In- 
the pictures, it, it's kind of hard. It's for the graphic artist on the run. It's a it's a Microsoft <laughs> Courier device. It is it is literally like the pictures almost don't do it justice. It is an incredibly thin device. Yeah, yeah, we've an seen it in person. Incredibly light device um, that doesn't have a keyboard and instead has a you know a yoga. Obviously, as the name implies, it's a yoga, so it's a clamshell that can flip over, be a tablet. It can you know tent mode, stand mode, whatever you want to call it. Um, but instead of having a keyboard on one side, it has another surface. It's not a touchpad necessarily. It's not a – I don't even know what, what, what they call it. Um, let's see. The lower section is a hybrid design combining Lenovo's Halo keyboard, virtual keyboard with a surface called CreatePad, allowing the lower half to be used for pen writing uh, with handwriting recognition. And doesn't drawing. it have like the backlight that when you activate the keyboard – Yes, backlight yeah. shows up, and you can then see the keyboard. Yeah, so when when oh, you yeah. put it in keyboard mode, it, it looks like a keyboard. Yeah, it's like Tron, and it has like a haptic feedback to it, but I, it's not a keyboard. I still feel like it's not enough. It's like yes, but this thing was so thin, and to have oh, sure. even any form of tactileish yeah. feedback, I, I, I'm with you, and I think it's awesome and elegant kind of a thing. I just don't think it's practical if you're actually going to use it a lot as a keyboard. Yeah. I I would agree with that. I don't think you would want to write. Books or articles on this necessarily, but yeah. if you're needed, or if you do, to, you'd handwrite them. But I feel the same way about iPads in general, and even like the keyboards that you have, right? For that, like, this thing, it's okay. If At I'm least gonna it's write keys. some emails. Yes, and it's probably yeah. better than that. Yeah, but it's like okay if you're going to write a couple of emails in a pinch. Yep. But you would still rather have a laptop. Yeah, you would rather, still rather have, have a, a uh, like a full keyboard, right? like a more normal. Now, one, what yeah. you could do with this is that two things. One is so like this shows one use of it, and this kind of makes my mind hurt a little bit. So you you draw on the side on the right, but it shows up on the left. Well, like, so it's a tablet. Like it's, a, um, what's the name of that like tablet? Like a Wacom. Yeah, it's like a Wacom tablet. Okay. Built in. Yeah. Uh, you're right. Actually, okay. wait. They were telling us it had the Wacom technology in okay. it. Okay. Yeah, it does. It's got yeah. the uh, 248, or 2048 pressure sensitive and 1,000 okay. degrees yeah. sensitivity. Okay, you're right. I, I, did, I, forgot, degrees, sorry. I forgot. Yeah. To me, the idea of drawing on a blank and having it show right. up somewhere else seems impossible to me. Like well, for me to to be able to accurately do that, but it, I mean, I think you're right. Like Josh and I draw a blank all the time. But the other the, yeah. the other screen is touch. You could right. Like I think you could draw on that too. Yeah, but, you, but you just get much more accuracy artist wise if you're using the Wacom, which can't really have. I guess you could do it on both. They don't show any uh, don't, instances of know. you doing it on. I'm pretty sure it's the know? same thing. We assume so, the side on the left is a touchscreen, right? So, yes. and that's how the keyboard works. Oh, is no, that? the keyboard is on the right hand side. Yeah, I thought case. the keyboard was on the right. Right, the guy it's, where the it, it, it's it is a touchscreen. It is. It's an Android tablet. Yeah, so it has it, to be on the yeah. Android version. And there's then an Android Windows. and a Windows version. Yeah. Of now, this, the one right? that they showed us, the keyboard was the only thing that could light up on that side, or it could turn Fair off, enough. and you can use it that's, as a blank. That, I think works. that's still the case. I think well, no, because they're showing that like no, that's that's, that's a, a piece that's of a paper. physical piece oh, of paper. Okay, okay, on the right hand side. So if you want to yeah, draw on paper, advertising move in a long time, Lenovo. What's that? What? Oh, because some of the times when they showed the picture like that, they yeah. weren't showing it with anyone writing. They were just showing the picture of piece oh, of paper right. beside it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look, it's dual monitor. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. like. yeah so the idea is like if you poor. want to put a piece of paper and either draw on it or write on it, okay. it will transfer it yeah, it'll just to the read other it. side. It will read it as if you're input on it, right? So like then you okay. could if you if you like to take physical notes, but you also want a digital copy, you could do it that way. Sure. If you like to take physical notes and would have to 
carry around a bunch of loose leaf pieces of paper to swap out. Yeah, it's not, it's not, <laughs> I mean, it's not great. This is this is pretty close to like kind of like the futuristic look of a thing that would just have two screens on a thing that folds. Yep. Right? I agree. It's, it's almost there. It's I, almost Microsoft Courier. Uh, almost. Yeah, it's almost, almost there. Right? Almost. It's, it's fairly inexpensive. The yoga book for yeah, Android cool is, is four ninety nine, and with Windows, it's five forty nine. Starting in October. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, think about how much it would be if those two screens would be a thousand plus easy. Yeah. Yeah. They're both Atom X five powered quad core, four gigs of memory, sixty four gigs of onboard storage with a micro SD card for expansion. I really want to try this out. Just to see if it has any useful function for somebody like me. Well, you, I'm not an you, artist. You actually no, but you do a lot of note style things. I do. Like, and but I keep, would have to have the paper. I just mean, keep writing right, over be, top of your notes. Yeah, it depends on. Right. It, so I guess one thing would be so like one of the I guess features of the Wacom is that when your pen is over the screen but not touching, you see it, a cursor. You see a cursor <laughs> on the left hand side. Yeah, <clears throat> but. <clears throat> From how far of a distance out is that? If it's a far enough distance it's, out where I get a good idea, like as I'm putting yeah. my hand down, oh, okay. It's like a half an inch or something. It's pretty high. Okay. Like you just Stop hover it, over. A little bit of practice, you'll know where it goes, Ryan. That's <clears throat> that's confidence. I need to see confidence. Uh, so this is pretty cool. This is one of the things that Lenovo introduced at IFA. Um, something else that is being announced. I don't I don't know if this is at IFA or if this yeah, is it was at is IFA. It, yeah. You guys want you guys like gaming laptops? No. No. Nah. Great. Uh you and guys this like this one, oh wow. Jeremy, would oh. you like a twenty one inch gaming laptop? How much does it weigh? It's uh, eight kilos, I believe was yeah, the it's stack that's all. Guys, this laptop has a curved twenty one inch. Oh, it, it sure does. Legs. It's like the thing I'm a size bit hawking. It's like the first one. And that's only eighteen ever. inches. It yeah. may well be the last one ever. Does it? Is it well, okay? So the the display has to have like a like a it has a curve to like it. a clamshell kind of thing to it. When you when it's closed, there's a gap. Yep. Between the monitor and right, the right. Keyboard. But I mean the shell of the screen, like the physical yeah, housing, like it's thicker on the outside. Has to kind of like that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. have a bow yeah, to yeah, it yeah. in the back of it. Yeah, it's a mechanical keyboard for when your laptop isn't thick enough. <laughs> Let's make the screen curved. It's a 2560 by 1080, 21 inch curved display that has the Toby eye tracking technology built into yep. it. It's going to use Cabby Lake processors, so this won't be out until January of next year, probably. Uh, dual, dual desktop 1080s. Dual 1080s. Um, a Cherry MX keyboard. What's the resolution on that screen? 2560 by 1080. 2560 by 1080. Holy crap, but dual 1080s? Wow. And a lot of output options. And yeah, don't put that on your legs because it's it going to burn you. <laughs> it's got five fans. Well, yeah. I think it's still going to burn you. Uh, oh, that oh, thing this, is going to be oh, wait, this Is number, it G Sync? This numpad, I don't know the answer to that. It this, better be G Sync, otherwise, it's going to just tear like a mofo. Why? Because it's going to be super high refresh rate and like. Out of Two the GPUs, GPUs will be able to handle twenty five by ten, but it's going to tear. If you're gaming, uh, you're going to have say what the refresh rate is on it. Yeah, I don't throw think. V-Sync on it. It might even be a high high res. I don't think it's G Sync, or we would have heard this. Uh, yeah, I I kind of agree with that sentiment. The um, as I zoom in here, the touchpad here, yeah, flips over. And it's or it's a numpad that flips over, and there's a touchpad underneath. Oh, it just like yeah, we know it. One or the other. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> Uh, so I mean, if you want thing. overkill, 
This Good is Lord. the definition of overkill. Yeah, that's definitely it, it overkill. It is impressive for that. On the other hand, I'm just... It just it's hard no. to not be impressed. I mean, it's really not that far from oh, the MSI one. It's got a little bit bigger of a screen. Probably the same form factor-ish, but the curve helps them get a larger screen into it. This, yes. by the way... Is the- it doesn't have the water-cooling sphincter, so, I mean, <laughs> it isn't that ridiculous, but... Acer yeah. Predator 21X, by the way, is the name of this product. I like it. Um, that is crazy. So there's there's that. Before we get to our next story, it uh, looks like we got another Patreon in here that says, I want to be on top for more than two seconds. Right, Josh? <laughs> wink, wink. Uh, editor pledge from 101 to 110. Ooh. You know, I'm I'm lazy. So, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I want to be on top for more than two seconds. Uh, All right. We appreciate it. So now we're, we've got a 110 and a 109.99. Friend, friendly competition so good. going on. I like on. it. Thank you very much, guys. Um, speaking of displays that are curved. And have eye tracking. And have eye tracking. And are from Acer. And are from Acer. Uh-huh. How about a trio of G-Sync game monitors with eye tracking tech? From 24 to 27 inches, refresh rates up to 240 hertz with that Toby oh, eye tracking. Oh, we're talking. 200, wait, 240? Yes, 240 on a 1080p. Oh, okay. 1080p, 240. Uh, That's still freaking high. On a flat. Yeah, it's still just crazy. Yeah. And the 25.6, the, like the 1440p is 165, which ain't shabby either. 165, well... That, we've that, seen we've seen that before. Yeah, that yes. panel was already out. That was yeah. on the, the 281. But not with Toby eye tracking. What's so special about the eye tracking? So, what's it supposed to do for you? It tracks your you eyes. Play Arma. I, but practically, what is it supposed so to do for you? So, the demo I got at CES at uh, it was on an MSI notebook. Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah, it was doing the Okay, let's okay. everyone talk at once. Does depth of field? It was doing tracking yeah. of like I want to shoot my uh, 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 grappling hook to one area. Um, yeah. You had a scene with something that was close and far in it. And one of them was blurred due to focus, and you. It could do that, but it was also doing like. um, It was also targeting with it, like. uh, Oh yeah, uh, HDR. Like when I looked into the dark areas, yeah, it would do brighten up. It was was like you were looking into a dark area, like light bloom. Yeah, but there's a lot of other. I also think that uh, Arma Three supports it for when you're flying a helicopter or plane and you're looking around at your cockpit. They actually have fly separately than aiming your Mm -hmm. weapon. They actually have a decent yeah. amount of game support for the Toby. It's stuff. it's gotten a lot better. I agree. Like and, uh, mm-hmm. Alienware just announced they're shipping it in laptops. Toby I saw this week. Yeah. 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 I, uh, even eight months ago, it wouldn't have meant a damn thing. But in the last six or eight months, it's become much more supported. I, I need to get I need to get a product in here that has it because yeah, more and more games are are actually utilizing the tech, um, and it's and it's pretty impressive. And we talked when we were at the Ken and I were at that meeting. At the MSI uh, uh, suite at CS, and the Toby guy, Toby reps were talking to us, and they were talking to us about the deals they were making with game developers and, and introducing stuff like that. So it could be really cool. Uh, and you get into the whole idea of you can do, you don't have to be in VR for the idea of foveated rendering to be a thing, right? It's true. For uh, the benefits of, for that, for performance or for realism um, become apparent. So uh, I, I, I'm, Glad to see more laptops having this, even desktop. I think obviously you have to have desktop displays to do it as well. Or, but they sell an external, like a USB camera. Yeah, they at least did at some point, and they were supposed to send us. They one. were supposed to send like us they gave one. us a coupon code to get one, and then they were never in stock again. Oh, so, is that what it was? Know. Okay, <laughs> that's how I ended up on their email mailing list. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. 
Um, so those are – I'm not going to try to read the names. These are Acer Predators. Uh, Z271T is the curved one. So, so there's that. There were some other uh, panels that came out. I don't know how – this is recent, I'm pretty sure, from Samsung. You guys hear about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think we posted anything on it Did yet. Did use but- Toby? No. T-O-B-I-I is the name of that? Oh, well, the video is on July 8th, but I don't think we really talked about this. There were Samsung um, curved, like pretty sharp radius curved right. computer desktop LCDs, and they were HDR. So they're taking like their HDR stuff. I did not see there. that. Um, and, and they have a quantum dot. I will sidetrack Yeah, again. it's quantum dot. They have a quantum dot. TV at Costco. Oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard by, they were going to launch that. And it's awesome looking every time I walk by. Have you walked by? It's only like $1,600. Yeah. So, I mean, e- even like the LG current OLED displays are like two something. Hmm. And that's like actual OLED. So, <laughs> they're, so they're all VA panels. Okay. Um, there's like a, a 24 inch, a 27 inch, 16 by 9. Right. So, a 27 inch, 16 by 9 were, from, you know, we're right. used to, right? Yep. Um, 1920 by 1080 on both of those. But again, it's they're VA panels that have quantum dot backlights and can do like full, like beyond Adobe RGB or like whatever. 10-bit like, HDR or what are we talking they're, about? They're, they're claiming, they just call it QD color because it's Samsung marketing terms or whatever. Mm. I but, mean, quantum dot desktop displays have been out. But are they inherently HDR? No. Yeah. Yeah. See, these these they're advertising as HDR, and then there is also a 34 inch 21 by nine. Um, it's supposed to go up to 100 hertz as well, Mm -hmm. but it's FreeSync, not G-Sync. HDR still though. Also HDR. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Um, it it seems weird to me that we haven't seen DP 1.3 or HDR desktop displays yet this year. So these, I was really expecting that to happen by this holiday. They put, they put right in the spec here, technically right in the spec here, sRGB color space, 100, 125% of sRGB color space. But that doesn't mean HDR. Yeah. If the HDR color space is DCI, which is way more than 125% of sRGB. I guess, but this is a lot of color. 105% 105% 25% of sRGB isn't that much color. I don't color. think it's that much. Really? Than... sRGB color space is very small. Yeah, yeah it's I not mean, huge. That Huawei phone we just looked at was probably more than 125%. I, if, SRGB. if I remember correctly, sRGB is smaller than NTSC in color yes, space. Yes, it is. Really? Yeah. Yep. So you're saying everything that we're calibrating our desktop displays to right now is just not yeah, even a, NTSC? sRGB is, is the standard, but it's just kind of bad. So that's what it, everyone's used to, unless they're doing professional video editing or picture creation. I could be wrong. I very well. I could thought it be. was the other. I thought NTSC was shallower than uh, sRGB. I don't know. That's our monitor take for the week. Uh, ASUS. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a couple of these boards in. ASUS uh, has finally released the X99E 10G. Um, did they actually release this before with the add-in card? Yes, they did. Yes, yes. it wasn't just a, but okay. not built in. Now they're built in. Now there are that makes uh, way more sense. Intel X five fifty powered ten gigabit Ethernet ports on board. Two of them. Yeah, on each they, motherboard. Yep. Their their chip that that does that that ten gigabit base T is like a dual channel chip. Okay, so it just supports two ports on the chip. Yeah, makes sense. I want for the new church office, like you want ten gig in there. 
Well, at the very least, but like from the editing machine to like a machine that has a yeah. giant NAS on you can it. do like a you, know what I'm you can do like a small like right, ring. Josh. You can do like a ring uh, <laughs> subnet or whatever, or just like a yeah. Side what if, side what if you just use token ring? What well, if yes. we get well, cat, see, or, uh, no, you don't tin base tea, coax? That would work with this, sadly <laughs> enough. People, so people will have up to three machines on their network. Yeah, like be in a triangle. Mm-hmm. Since these all come with two ports each, they'll make a triangle out of them, mm-hmm. and then one coming in, and they'll set static uh, IPs to those okay. to those faster NICs, yep. and then and then Phil Jackson comes in, and, oh, he, yeah. and he he perfects it. Yeah, but so you know, it's it's practical. It, it's practical up to three systems that you know to piggyback ten gigabit sure. on a regular network. Uh, anything more than that, you need something like a seven hundred dollar switch that only has eight ports on it. Right. Yep. Um, it gets expensive and is pretty not quick. Cheap. Yeah. The NICs, you can actually find the Intel NICs if you want to add that to other systems for like 130 bucks on eBay now. Yeah. For a I, I mean, what you're coming need, down a lot. What you need is the editing machine, the serving machine, and storage. Yeah. Yep. And kind of. And since our storage right now, really can't they just the be on their side. own? They can switch. They don't need to be on a switch. No, they don't they have to be networked with each other. All they're all, yeah. do, all they're all to, they're only talking to each other. Because each, of, you have each to, of the 10 gig cards you, you have, don't two have, to have two ports to do that if you're talking about three systems then. You yes, do. you do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Crossovers direct to oh, each other. Okay, yeah. okay. So you, uh, it wouldn't be passing through. You can't pass it through one No, it's completely off to like the side okay, of okay, your okay. regular gigabit. Okay. Yeah. That's something we'll have to look into because that's 100 megs a second. the devil nowadays. So anyway, now they release motherboards <laughs> that have integrated Tinji on them. And I am excited for this. I remember. I remember. Josh remembers this too, I'm sure. What, when gigabit came uh, out? I don't remember anything. The motherboards that had gigabit Ethernet on them. How much is and that you board, were like, though? That's stupid. How much Who is that? needs that? Is that board a hundred dollar premium over a regular? Oh, at least probably. Um, oh come on! You remember the Enforce Two when it had two? You know, it had dual hundred megabit NICs. Oh yeah. People thought that were that was amazing. No pricing yet. Then they yes. have the S. I, I look at the game. comment, and someone had the pricing. That's gonna be. I it's believe. gonna be kind Somebody of. Somebody says I'm guessing eight hundred. No, there was. One that Somebody actually had something. The one because no, they were pointing at a server class board, not a workstation class. No, like that that second that sub comment right there, the one with ten G. The standard X nine nine SWS retails for five hundred. The one with ten G has an MS price six fifty. So okay, yeah, I could believe that. That was the one with the add in card was six fifty. Probably okay. so. It, you can imagine it being any. I mean, and it also had, by the way has seven PCI Express slots, full size PCI Express slots on yeah. the on the which system. can do four by sixteen full speed. Apparently, if you populate all seven, mm-hmm. yeah. you're at 16 on one, and the rest are a mere eight. God. <laughs> Useless. So it's, Useless got a, it's got a big honking PLX switch built in. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, the WS boards from that's Asus That's a hell of a workstation board, man. Oh, that's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That is serious. Yep. That's that's impressive. I, I'm a fan. We'll have to, we'll have to do some 10-gig gig E talks. Uh, and then not too distant future. Yep. Um, Samsung and SK Hynix discussed the future of high bandwidth memory at Hot Chips 28. Uh, what'd they say here, Josh? Anything interesting? Uh, it's going to be faster. And then better? <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully they sure. can produce it better. No, it's it's going to be, what, up to uh, two terabytes per second of bandwidth? Holy jeebus. Uh, I can handle up to, what, 64 gigs of space? 64 gigs of space and two cells. 64 gigs. The whole thing just empties itself in a fraction of a second. It's just like, (laughs) ah, I'm done. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Holy crap. uh, 
Yeah, it's 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 drinking from a fire hose, man. It's like Weird Al Yankovic's UHF. I see. So this Who is wants still to drink from the fire hose. Eight, this is we're talking about HBM three, right? Right. They're still going wider instead of faster, right? Yeah. Because they're still staying about a five hundred megahertz clock speed. Yeah, um, just a crap load hey, it's of about parallel. The girth, not the speed. Yeah. Well, no, I mean it's still what a ten twenty four wide interface. That's a pretty wide but, interface. But uh, they're 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 you know doing more. You know, it's like what uh, instead of single data rate, dual data rate, quad data rate, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're increasing that. So you you've got lower clocks. Mm-hmm. You've still got the same width, but they're you know they're packing more data, packing more bits in there. How long until we see this on CPUs instead of just GPUs? like twenty twenty? Sweet. Yeah. That's like only three and a half years from now. That's kind of. Mm. Effed up to think. Yeah. It's not it even is. a half a year Actually, anymore. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it's September tomorrow. Twenty twenty sounds so far away. Like twenty sixteen uh-huh. might as well be in the ground and dead and buried. Right? I mean, you're gonna have well, you know, most gonna of have, our fan, most of our stars are. So yeah, you're gonna have your Intel. You're gonna have your Intel Core i seven because it'll still be called a freaking Core i seven then. Yep. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> your imagination. I bet that turns out well in the recording. Uh, <laughs> anyways, so anyway. let's talk about the revised Intel SSDs. Yeah. Uh, other than the uh, uh, enterprise ones we talked about earlier, they yep. did release some new consumer drives as 600 well. 600p, man. 600p, which uh, actually who would have thought that this came out in right. the amounts that it actually did and available? Oh, you mean at the price on release? So available, I just went down to Micro Center and picked one up. I'll say you did the price. Yeah. So that's the most impressive part right off the bat, right? But you know, after Alan has handled that, you don't want to smell. Yeah, no. yeah. Sorry, 128 gig. So okay, the Intel 600P is that. It is an M.2 PCIe NVMe SSD. Yep. Right. It's the first consumer. Well, it's the first from Intel. It's the first M.2 NVMe SSD from Intel. Yes. Right. 128 gigs, sixty nine dollars. Yep. 256, 104 dollars. Yep. That does not suck. I mean, if you think hundred bucks two. It's like it's it's like going down downwards of thirty five cents a gig. It's almost like we're gonna get to ten cents a gig on something. So so Black Friday, baby, Black Friday. Thirty five cents a gig is kind of eh if you talk if you think in terms of the SATA stuff that we've seen come out in the past. This is NVMe PCIe by four. Yep, like it's a pretty quick thing. I've done a lot of testing on it so far. Mm -hmm. It's a pretty quick thing. Like it has a couple of chinks in its armor that I'll talk about when we do the review, which we'll talk about next week, but. Uh, overall, pretty damn good SSD, mm-hmm. especially, you know, and it's launching at that price. Not just launching at that price. Like, I bought this thing the day it was announced, or what? No, yeah. the day after, sorry. Uh, like, yeah, I guess it was the day after. Just because I didn't want to drive to Micro Center the day it was announced. But this was on the shelf at Micro Center for, I think it was like 10 bucks more than that 104 number. 114 or something. Yeah, I think it was like 114 or 115. But the day it came out, yeah, I picked that up. When's the last cheap. time we've seen anything like that? that the last time that, I remember Intel releasing something that was well available and at a good like, price, right? It was well, no, it was it was like the Pentium Two, and you could oh, buy it well. for fifteen hundred. I think bucks. that's probably being a bit dramatic. <laughs> uh, one terabyte for three fifty nine when it's available. It's like when a it's month, a, the one ter- the one terabyte's not coming until like a quarter four or something, but the other capacities are out. Um, 
which is like, I mean, that's obviously going to be probably the most popular thing out mm-hmm. of all these releases. There's a bunch of other stuff. They had some embedded ones come out. There's a 6000P, like a Pro 6000P, which is just, it's basically the same thing as this, but it has a bunch of like Opal, like remote wipe encryption. And right. it's meant for enterprise, you know, m- mobile enterprise, like laptops or whatever. So right. how would you compare this to the, what, uh, X25, 25XM? I can't remember X25 the original. M. Okay, so, yeah. the, the, well, no, I think I know where Josh is going. X25M G2 yeah. came out at the time at a very reasonable price. Yeah. Granted, it was like three bucks a gig or something crazy like that or whatever back then. But all the other SSDs out at that time were like twice that amount or something like that. And right? they were all J Micron. And, and, and yeah, and they were like J Micron <laughs> and Sandforce and whatnot. But like the you know, and Intel came out back then, this was years ago, but they just like kind of like pulled the rug out from under everybody else as far as pricing went, and it forced everybody else to drop their prices. Right. And this is doing that same thing again. Like this is in that realm. It's a pretty good performing NVMe part. Like it's in in some ways, in our testing, it was similar to a 950 Pro. It costs half as much as a 950 Pro, hmm, right? Not half, but it's close. It's roughly half. Like, well, Ryan was looking at a bunch of different ones. The other 950 day. Pro 256 is 187 right now. Uh, 187 versus so 104. 80 that's yeah. Yeah. 80 bucks cheaper. Yeah, mm-hmm. but that's not half. It's close. I mean, yeah. you know, it's 60 so percent of the price. Yeah, it's 60 percent <laughs> of the price. Yeah. Come on, like. You know, so that's going to kind of force some change, I hope, right, in the pricing. Um, they, I haven't seen, like, a newer SATA part. Like, there are some parts that Intel has also introduced that are, like, available in 2.5-inch SATA, but they're meant for more, like, they're all embedded parts. So it's like Intel's consumer push now right, is, right. like, everybody's just doing this M.2 thing. We're just going to focus on that for our consumer-branded thing that's just readily available intel finally has an m.2 drive they can put in those nooks they sell that's right too yeah (laughs) instead of the samsung devices yeah finally right um very true so i mean it just you know it's good stuff i'm glad that this they're actually you know seeing returns come on this their version of 3d nand right good thing they got it out before samsung announces the 960 probably similar if not lower price rate price range all right are we done with this uh, we're done with the Intel thing. We yeah. gotta be done with this. I gotta go home. Uh, Josh, me, oh God, what have you done? Fanatec, uh, new CSL Elite products. You're gonna have a review Fanatec. on this soon, right? Uh, not this My one, God, but uh, the higher end star. one. Okay, so other Fanatec stuff is high priced. The setup that I am testing now is about two thousand dollars. Two grand. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money, but as you'll see in the review here in the next couple of days, it's. It's kind of justified. However, um, you know what? They they have not had the market penetration that they probably have wanted because they don't have anything that hits what they consider the mid-range. Now, the mid-range for guys like me is 200 to 300 bucks. For these guys, it's a little bit higher. So the CSL Elite Series, the entire thing with a wheel, the base, and a pretty nice pedal set with, uh, with a, a really good brake in there that's got uh, I can't even remember the stinking name but but it's a progressively harder to push brake like you have in regular cars uh, the load module anyway it's not uh, it's about 660 bucks 
which when you consider what I have right now at 2000, this is a bargain and it's a pretty solid one. Uh, they've, they've, they've kind of cut down the price by the materials. Instead of having an entire milled block of anodized aluminum, they're using plastic. Uh, the pedals themselves are all aluminum, but not as hefty as their, their bigger version. Uh, it's not a leather wrapped wheel like that we have in, in the higher end stuff. But it can get you in for you know six hundred sixty bucks. That's around the Thrustmaster T five hundred level, which is their high end racing wheel. Um, again, it's it's double the price of the TX series or the T three hundred from Thrustmaster. But when you kind of look what you get, it's uh, something like eight newton meters worth of force uh, done by the 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 motor, which is significant if you've try to hold on to a wheel as, as you're crashing and things just slip out and and you get all excited and whatnot. But anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a new territory for uh, Fanatec, and it's something that's very welcome. And, uh, you know, maybe eventually in the next six months we'll, we'll get a review of one of these out. But for now, uh, it, it is an option for those who, who want a Fanatec product but do not want to pay $1,500 to $2,000 for an entire set. So it's a nice uh, nice addition. All right. Sounds good. Uh, and last but not least, maybe least, if you go to PCPro.com and look on the homepage, you can see a contest where you can win one of five. They're actually sitting over there, Alan, if you can reach them. Five $100 Steam gift cards as part of the Intel Extreme Rig Challenge. Um they sent us these to give away in order they sent us these to to give away in order to <laughs> just roll in in hundred dollar gift cards. Make it rain, Alan. Make it rain. Uh, I can't, I already flung them all across the room. In order to uh promote the Intel Extreme Rig Challenge which is going on right now, uh, where you can actually win one of seven full gaming PCs that they put together that they're that they're going to announce the winners of at PAX uh late this weekend, or I guess on Monday. Um so if you go to PCBoard.com, look for the contest page for the Steam gift cards. Um, you can enter in all the ways for that. And then there's a link to uh, this page. He says this page. Um, you know, the Extreme Rig Challenge that lets you go here. You can figure out how you can like vote for your preferred AI uh, uh, system vendor. Yep. And then you're entered to win uh, one of those seven systems. Now you don't have to like pick the winner or anything like that. So it's just a promotional thing. Cool. So check it out if you're interested in winning. I don't know, Steam gift cards and or uh, uh, complete systems. Right. That sounds that sounds like something you should you should be paying attention to. So uh, as we move here towards the end, I want to go ahead and uh, get to our picks of the week. And Alan made it really complicated, so I have Sorry. to like, click all these things. Um, click all the things. Uh, my pick of the week, I don't have one other than this beer and this trophy, is that I won this trophy. Pick that up. Pick that up. What, what do you have to do? Uh, for, how, many, uh, how many points did you Oh, do man, that's game? dense. That's heavy. That's like solid acrylic trophy. It's very heavy trophy. Uh, I, was in a, I was in an old person's play basketball tournament in Lexington uh, at the University of Kentucky, and our team won the championship. You're not an old person. I'm an old person. Uh, no, you're not. And <laughs> what did you ask me, Josh? How many points did I have? How many points in a game? Did you average? Uh, 
Average. I don't know. I, the most I had in a game was six. Points? Six points. Yeah. Out of? Uh, eh, our games were usually about 40 okay. points. Well, that's not I bad. Yes, total. So I was the fourth leading scorer, rebounder, and minute person on our team. And, and I okay. was fourth behind. And slept in more than anyone else, too. I slept in more than anybody else on the yep. team. Who were you behind? Fourth behind. The top two players were uh, D2 college basketball players when okay. they were in college. All right. Right? Not D1, but D2 sure. basketball players in their college. And then Austin Kearns, who used to play baseball for the Cincinnati Reds and the Nationals. Pretty cool guy to be playing a basketball um, game with. Yeah. Uh, Chris Carter of come on man fame was also in the tournament <laughs> as well uh when, I he, missed, I was when he missed the shot what did he say yeah <laughs> not that actually to be, to be quite blunt. i was disappointed i never got to play against him our teams never met and i, I was rooting for his team to win in the in in the tournament or whatever because they were going to play us um just so i could say i guarded him or something like that <laughs> at least once it didn't happen uh, but that's that's all i got was uh i spent the last weekend um all you got was that stinking trophy. I know it's not all I got. Oh, I won an eight thousand dollar Tempur Pedic mattress. Shit. What are you going to do don't with say, that? Don't say that on the podcast. Well, that's okay. Uh, this week's sponsor is oh. Kaspersky, so okay. it's fine. All right, um, <laughs> and a pillow. Although it's it's uh, the pillow. You guys can't. I don't know if they can see that logo, but that John Calipari basketball fantasy experience logo is on the. Is on the mattress and the yeah. pillow. Yeah. So it's a little. Wow, it's signature little edition. Little like, you, like you don't want John Calperi logos on your pillow. Well, sleep right there. Don't lie to me. Uh, I'm just amused that, you know, hey, this, this exercise and physical activity, and we're going to give you a bed and a pillow. Yeah, yeah? that's true. So uh, you wake you, up rested. A few years ago, not last year, but the year before, the winners got custom tailored Versace suits. Wow. I think a mattress is way more useful for you. Yeah, and the guy, uh, one of the guys that <laughs> I talked to Sachi was there. actually make good suits? I don't know the answer to that, know, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the guy, a guy I talked to from several years ago who it's was on that winning Versace. team. It's pronounced Versace, come on. Uh, yeah. Said that he got it and he wore it exactly one time. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I don't ever wear a suit. Why the hell would I want to wear a really nice, like, yeah, whatever. Um, so anyway, that was my pick uh, because I don't have anything. Jeremy, what do you got? All right, so there are many log monitoring software available. Generally, it's installed on your server because that's where you want it. When you're trying to deal with a bizarre problem on an end user's machine that doesn't make sense and you want to look at the log, well, Notepad++, there's actually a pretty damn good chance, depending on the market segment you're in, that your user is going to have Notepad++ installed on their machine. They've just introduced essentially what is the Unix command tail that minus F. Hmm. So you can now open the log file and get real-time monitoring watching it as it goes. That's Without cool. adding any new software to the user's machine apart from something that they are using constantly. This is pretty damn cool as a Windows admin, to be honest. This is provided, provided that they've updated any of their software in the past. Uh, well, they can't. I'm going to have to come by and do it. But at the same time, <laughs> hey, you got this problem. Well, why don't I update your software at the same time? Because it's new and fancy. Yeah. Oh, well, thanks. And at the same time, I'm watching. And that's the freaking TLL that's going nuts. That's cool. Okay. I, this is a brilliant update. So, and 
uh, a couple of people in uh, Slack were complaining that, well, why can't we program? Or why can't we do HTML and Notepad++ anymore? Well, you can't. You still can. I do. It, it's it's easy. And this this is actually handy to just drop by and say, okay, well, let me watch about uh, two or three minutes worth of log or just leave it running. Because the other nice thing about Notepad++ is if you leave one of those tabs open, she's still going to be recording. You open it up and, oh, look, that's where everything went horrible. Why were you on that site? <laughs> it's not so, okay. hey, for easy troubleshooting for Windows admin, not bad. Josh? Me. You You're going to be shocked. <laughs> you know, some years back, I really got into SSDs, and I like cheap SSDs that perform fast. Well, guess what? Oh, gee. Center P, we talked about it. Those <laughs> not lie. 12 gigs for... Never heard of that. Not a whole lot. Yeah, half a terabyte. For... That's a very weird resolution. 600p? Yeah, yeah, I know. It is. Yeah. Yeah. You use a GTX 1080 it. with it. Yeah, you got to yeah. use it. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, they do. bundle it with the 1080. Yeah, so you'll be okay. I'm okay. going to follow it more. Yeah. So that'll be 1680p. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, inexpensive for M.2 fast. Yeah. <laughs> Less than 200 bucks for half a terabyte. Yeah. That's a pretty All fast, right. uh, you know, Last. thing. Uh, I got a couple ones. One's pretty quick. Uh, update all your iOS things. Like, yeah, update them so that they don't update in the middle of the night when you're supposed to. So be I have. For basketball I have a well, guess. Also making it difficult because this can be a. This is one that won't go done wirelessly. I have a guess. A that Apple might have pushed out that update to just go to people's phones anyway that night. Not that it was supposed to break. Yeah, that's your, a really stupid idea. Not that it was supposed to break your alarm or anything because it really shouldn't have. But um, there is there was a pretty nasty zero day exploit that was found and patched recently, uh, which is why I'm saying everybody should update their iOS things. Um, so nasty that it basically uh, it was spyware that rooted phones and could remain installed through iOS updates. Yep. Uh, it could persist through through iOS updates, and it basically would keylog or monitor any communication app on your phone. It was a plugin-based malware rootkit thing that they would patch. They could like patch the plugins on the fly, so that if some if Skype was updated, they could update their portion of the malware to hook into Skype. Yep. Like the newer mm. the newer version of Skype. It Seems was like reasonable. It was it's. I read through the report on the thing because there was a company that uh, reversed, like reverse engineered the protocol and all, like some of the code and everything. And they published like this 35 page report. And I read through it. And it is, I used a reverse engineer for a certain three letter agency. That's a freaking piece of artwork as far as code yeah. goes. Like that thing was just amazingly. I'm installing it right now so it doesn't install overnight. Um, and maybe make me miss my flight tomorrow morning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, at work, um, I'm actively chasing people. To get this update, and a couple of them aren't able to do it, and like, although they, they have too much crap the on their phone, to see something? what it's going on, I'm worried that it's the malware that's blocking it. Yeah, now or um, else they're like two or three versions out of date. So you need to plug into iTunes the, to be able to update it. It won't do it over the air. But uh, the only plus side going like to this thing is that it was very closely guarded by the company that was responsible for it, and it was expensive, mm. so it wasn't like. It was very targeted. Like, if you were hit with this, somebody paid a oh, lot yeah. of money to get this toolkit and attack you. Yep. Personally. Like, it was a very targeted thing and limited audience. Almost as if you like, are a public-facing entity and you stream shows weekly on the internet. No. 
No. I don't that oh, might not okay. be that might not be worth it enough. Maybe. Anyway. All right. Um, okay. Yeah, but if you were owned by that like and it goes all the way back to like um like uh as far as devices goes, I think it was like the iPhone 4 or something like Great. Okay, what's the next thing? Anyway, uh, the other thing is uh, something that might not be known to everybody that uh, has a Vive. Uh, and we actually need to do it the next time we fire up the VR system in here. Um, there's a button in the settings to enable Bluetooth communication. And that by itself looks like, eh, why would you check that box? But if you check that box, more stuff appears under it. Um, so you have to install a Bluetooth driver because once you check the box, like an unknown device with no driver shows up in Device Manager, mm-hmm. right? Then you install the Bluetooth driver, and then underneath that, a little bit further, you can. there's a checkbox for putting base stations on the standby when you're not using VR. Hey! It actually spins down the rotors hey. and turns off the IR lasers there's and an stuff. In, in the Yeah, and once you check that, you actually have to do a firmware update to the beacons mm-hmm. because, like, to fully implement the functionality. But what's cool is that as long as you were on the most recent before you checked the other boxes, you can do that firmware update remotely via Bluetooth. Oh, you don't have to. You don't even have to. USB you don't have to disconnect anymore. the beacons and yeah. plug in USB and do all. You know, because some people have them mounted on their walls and stuff like that, and they don't want to have to pull those things down just to like plug in USB. Right. So it's, there you go, Ryan. You can disable the blue beacons. Uh, yeah, and it'll actually like, and They're it even, red. and it even um, dims the light. Is gr- the light the center top light turns green on the beacon? Yep. Like when they're in standby, it goes like even dimmed green, and okay. no other lights are on. I accept that answer. So it's cool, right? Cool idea. Um, there were some people like months ago reported that the, they might not wake up sometimes when you try to launch the thing, but that <laughs> seems to have been taken care of because okay. like I haven't heard anybody complaining about it. And well, no, the, the dead people don't tend to. The, the only real downside is the beacons have to resync as if you would just power them up, like when they turn on. Sure. So right. it's going to be like forty-five seconds or a minute, you know, before everything is synced up when you fire up Steam VR again, right? right? Um, you know, but it takes you about that long to like get all the crap on and ready sure. to go anyway. Hey, for you, I'm I fast. Know. Ryan, just like <laughs> it's like uh, uh, Iron Man, that shit, right? Oh, so really? VR on and everything attaches to me and flies <laughs> into my hand. It just falls from the ceiling <laughs> onto his head. All right. All right, everybody. That's going to be it for us this week. Thank you for joining us uh, on the PC Perspective Podcast. If you want to find your all the ways to subscribe, connect, uh, RSS files, video files, YouTube links, uh, show notes that we linked to all the stories we talked about today, go to pcper.com slash podcast, uh, and you'll find all of that information there. We're going to sign out. Right away now. So that's it. I'm Ryan Shrout. I'm Jeremy Holstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Momentano. Good night. Good night. And to go back. Uh-